Welcome to Missions Corner. Our goal at Missions Corner is to bring you stories straight from the mission fields, both locally and from around the world, in hopes of inspiring you to get out and go live the abundant life that Jesus has called you to. Still as true today as when Jesus first said it, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Today we catch up with Jason and Jana Franzo for the second half of our interview with Brandon Culver of Reality Outreach Ministries. Brandon travels the country with his wife and five children to organize and assist churches in presenting the theatrical production of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Today, Brandon will continue sharing his testimony of how he and his family have spent the last five years sharing the gospel all over the country through Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, and will share how you can get involved too. Let's listen in. I offer to my king that which cost me nothing. I will not offer to God that which cost me nothing. And so there is a financial cost to outreaches, but that's a good thing. And so this outreach is costing somewhere in the neighborhood of $7,500. That's what it takes to do all the advertising that's being done, the printing of the tickets, uh, the renting of the, the venue, the bringing in of the ministry, all those things, even the Bibles that you hand out at the end, you know, all those kind of things are, are, are being pulled together. So if somebody wanted to give towards that, the church has already started to put together some money for that. I think that there still remains about 5000 left to be put together at the time of this recording for that. If somebody wanted to give financially towards that, they could. And it's all being actually handled. We want to thank you guys through the Flock radio station. Yes. Uh, this radio station is handling the financial needs of that. So all these pastors are just, people are donating money right to the Flock. And then the Flock is taking care of doing the books, I guess, on, on all these things for us. So if you wanted to send a financial gift, you sure could, right, to the Flock radio station. Yes. And they'll take care of it. Yes, you can visit us on theflockminot.org, or you can visit us at uh, calvarychapelminot.org, and you can donate through there. There's donate buttons on each of those websites. Um, or if you have more questions, you can email us at kflklpfm at gmail.com. So... Um, how many productions do you do a year? Because you're traveling all over the place. Anybody who, you know, invites you to their city, about how many a year do you think you guys are doing? Yeah, each team, I'd say, you know, just somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 productions a year. But every time we do a production, that's three or four nights of shows. So you're, you're going to preach the gospel if, if you did the 20 there and you did three nights of show 60 times per year, you would you would actually do that. Although it does easily turn out to be a little bit more. Now there is a little bit of time of travel in between each show too, so you spend about half your years, uh, half your year on the road. So with you know twenty to between twenty and thirty productions a year, on average, you know how many people come to Christ? Yeah, on average, you know when you do it and you have all these people in the audience. Not that we ever really pay attention to the numbers, but you can just kind of tell when you've done it long enough. You you kind of mm-hmm. know about the, the average number. About ten to twenty percent of an audience will make a decision that night. Now, we know that the Bible says, though, that some reap and others sow. And so we also know that if anybody makes a decision that night, comes out of their seat and decides to give their life to Christ, we only know it's because other people have sowed the gospel already ahead of time. Those happen to be the moment that they were ready to make their decision. But also the other people in the audience that are not ready to make a decision, we have now just planted a seed or moved them one step further in their faith, and hopefully they're thinking about it that night. So we know that there's much more fruit than just the idea that 20 or 30 percent came forward, excuse me, 10 to 20 percent came forward, but that is the general number that we see. However, uh, there was one moment that really just shocked me, and I'd have to say over the over the years that we've been doing this now, five years that we've been doing it, and all these different shows, there's just a handful of times where the hand of God moves so sovereignly on an audience that you knew you were experiencing something 
that was far greater than the average people coming forward. Most recently here, we were in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we did an outreach, and it was in a smaller church, and, and the production was going great. And before every altar call, while the production is going on, I, you can always find me in prayer. I'm praying for the altar. I'm praying for the uh, people that are in the audience and things yeah. like that. And I have to say, God has a sense of humor and this is what I pray, but then he has a sense of humor because he created funny people. So God himself must have some form of sense of humor. But that night I was praying for the outreach and I said, Lord, you know, I, I want to see um, the things that people would talk about of old where, where so many people would come forward that there wouldn't even be room enough for them and that uh, maybe that they would have to back up on the stage. So I would hear stories sometimes of evangelists that were giving altar calls and so many people would come up to the altar that then they had to make more room. So the people in the front would have to step up on the stage a little bit. And as the uh, person giving the altar call, you might have to back up and maybe you'll have to stand up in heaven or something like that so you can still see all the people and things. And so in my mind, that's what I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, I'd like to see that kind of move of God again, where you pour out your power so strong that it's tangible in this audience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so I ask him for this. So I, we go out there and I, I give the invitation at the end of the show and we make our plea to those that are ready to receive Christ. You know, let's do it now. Let's do it publicly. Go ahead and be bold. Stand up in your seat and come on up here. And I, I tell you, just a handful of people in this audience came forward, uh, maybe four of them, four to five, something like that. Yeah. And, but something unusual happened that day. Most of the time they come forward and they stand right there in the front at the altar. This group of people came right up onto the stage, this four people. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, it hasn't really happened before, but I thought, you know, with only four people, this is okay. I'm not going to ask them to stand back down on the front. I'm just going to let them stand right up here on the stage with me, and I'll just speak with them directly. Well, I make a second plea. If there's anybody else and you really need to make the decision, go ahead, do that now. And more people started to come. And then more people started to come. And it was just very strange that for every the next person that stand up, another person would come forward and another person would come forward. And all of a sudden, now, what started off with just four people on stage, it is completely filled up the stage. (laughs) All the way from the left to the right now, all these people are standing on the stage. And I found myself in a very strange spot. It's never happened to me before where there were so many people on stage now, there was no longer room for me. I I just couldn't be there. I couldn't talk to them on the stage because they filled the whole thing. So I did the only thing I could. I stepped down into the front of the stage where, (laughs) you know, like they would be for the altar. And at that very moment, God reminded me of the prayer where I said, Lord, I want it to be so that there's just not enough room anymore, you know, uh, for the thing. Now, he knew what I meant. I meant that the altar would be filled that at the back of yeah. the stage. But instead, he took over the whole stage that night awesome. and, and, uh, and put me down on the floor. And I just said, God, you're, you're wonderful. Thanks for answering the prayer. Now, I got to say, the very next night, though, he did do it. The, the next night people came forward so much that there wasn't room for them and God did what I was initially asking him to do but he does have a sense of humor that he did exactly what I asked and he there was no longer room for me on the stage that's so, amazing wow, yeah. wow. wow. That, that, that's amazing no I just you know you're talking about all the productions you're doing a year and now you're adding another one the parables which is it's a new production correct and if we could get just maybe a little sneak peek or if you could kind of fill us in of, of what that's going to, to look like and when that will start up yeah, so you're really getting a sneak peek on this because now the ministry's been going 43 years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this is a, a brand new drama just launched last year. Matter of fact, we still call it in the pilot program. Okay. But what, in, what ended up happening is my wife and I got to be the pilot team. 
So we got to develop a large part of this show, and it was developed right here in North Dakota, actually. Really? Um, several of the people from North Dakota helped with all the video production that goes into this, the music, all those kind of things. Um, even some of the acting that takes place in some of the things. Since we were here in North Dakota, we ended up finding people from North Dakota that helped out with it. Yeah. So it was largely developed here, but we got to be that pilot team. Uh, and so right now we're the only team that has the production in their trailer and ready to go. But it's a brand new show, and we launched it originally in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It went so well. It was just amazing. They even invited us back. We'll be going back again this year wow. to do the parables. But the, the short of what that drama is about is we take the parables of Jesus, we tell the audience what the parable is, and then we act it out in a new way that the audience will never see or expect. It is so unique. Um, and, and just like, for example, there's a um, the parable that Jesus says, you know, there was a man that had all this money, and then he said, what should I do? He said, you know what I do? I'm going to pull down my barns. I'm going to build them bigger. Yeah. And, and so, but then he said, you fool, this very night your soul will be required of you. Then, well, whose will those things be that you have acquired all these things for? So we tell the audience that parable, and, and just in hearing it, they kind of go, okay, yeah, I get it, and, and they learn something, but now we want to act it out in a way that they will never forget. So what we do then is is we end up um, uh, switching gears then and, and going into the, the theater part of it, and we end up hosting a wedding. So all of a sudden, the, the music comes on, and the dun dun da dun and this and that. You have a bridegroom up there. You have the groom. He's all standing up there excited next to the best man. The pastor's up there. And then the bridal music starts, right? And the whole audience is confused as to what's taking place. But all of a sudden, out the, in the back, we have the bride get wheeled in. And the bride is a large stack of possessions. And it's all huh. dressed up as a bride. And it's got computers in it, and golf clubs, and vacations, yeah. and drones, and all sorts of things on yeah. it. And we wheel that bride up to the front, and the groom is so excited to marry his bride he kisses her and satan who is the father of the bride hands off the bride and the man now uh, proceeds to marry his possessions the pastor goes through though and is there anyone who wishes to say anything before this man and this woman uh, are joined together forever jesus will stand up he'll say a few words he wishes that they wouldn't do this the man's making a big mistake he shouldn't marry his possessions put his trust in god who cares more about the birds and the grass right yeah uh, uh, but the man ultimately goes forward and marries his possessions so then he leaves he's all excited they're throwing rice they're doing all these kind of things right and uh all of a sudden though a moment later we switch and in the video the man then dies and now all those same people that were just in this wedding party now come right back to a funeral the man now enters in a funeral dirge where you have the coffin being wheeled up the stage yeah. and the pastor is back and the the bridesmaid and the groom and they're all back now this time as pallbearers and they're carrying the flowers and then there's a funeral for the man and you hold the eulogy and you can just when we did it you could feel the gasp almost in the audience because they loved this man yeah. they were laughing with him they were so they thought this was so funny that this man would be marrying his possessions but when he died it's like it hit them hard in the yeah. audience and you could almost feel the tears and you could hear the literally a lady <gasps> right when the when he died in the stage and then the, to do that funeral that spoke volumes to him those people will never forget the man that married his possessions. And that's just one of the parables that we do. And so there's about 12 parables that we can choose from, yeah. but we'll just pick a handful of them and do them in the shows that we go to. Well, I like that because you're using this stuff today, you know, because you're looking at, and I guess, you know, sometimes when you read that story, you're like, storing up stuff, in a, but you're using right. cell phones and computers and the things yeah. that distract us today. You know, well, it's using today's gadgets and whatever yeah yeah and it puts it in a perspective of well, that's just absolutely absurd 
right? Yes. Who would marry their right. possessions, but yeah. it provokes thought. And then to look at the death of it, the death of the, the groom, and where do all those possessions go, go yeah. right? When I've, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. That's right. You know? Is this the same model as um, uh, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, as far as the churches request the production, and then um, church members, volunteers come in and help build the set, come and do the acting? Same model. We learn start on a Thursday, produce, uh, and show on a Friday. Exact same I model. Mean, excuse me, on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah, exact same model. We'll arrive on the Thursday, and by Sunday night, they're doing the production. Same thing, altar calls at the end, everything like that. Because the wonderful part is every one of Jesus' parables, I should say a good majority of them, had eternity in mind. I mean, that's why he was telling the parable is to make them think about eternity. So many of his people in the parable um, entered eternity, either heaven or hell or entered death. And so it's still, even though we can have fun and do some lighthearted things in the front, the parable is still going to end the same way. Yeah. Somebody's going to make a decision, enter heaven or hell. And so we can use that, although in this show, we don't physically take them heaven or hell, but but mm-hmm. you do see that um, that idea developing at the end. So in the end, it lends itself to an altar call very well because people are now thinking about eternity. Yeah. So same idea. We just found a new way to preach the gospel, but same gospel. So will you be doing these simultaneously then? Are you going to be traveling for Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, and the parables? Uh, we do. So currently our our team is the only one equipped now with a, a trailer that has both productions in it. And so even when we leave here in a week or two to go back out on the road, um, some of them are parables and some of them are Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Okay. Now, we should mention that the churches that are bringing Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames here to Minot uh, are, have kind of set their heart to the idea that for at least the next three years, we want to continue to bring outreaches to Minot. Mm-hmm. And they've set their heart to do it every six months. So right now we're about to do Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. They have actually booked the parables and we are bringing it here to Minot. And so the dates are already set in March. You can come back now and experience the parables. Again, same idea though, bring unsafe people with yeah. you so that they can hear the gospel. But it's March 12th, 13th and 14th, all again at the Sleep-Ins and Suites Convention Center. So every six months you should be able to come to a production and bring people to it, whether it's the parables or Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. From what I understand, the production that we're doing here is a little bit unique in the fact of the organization. Um, like you had discussed earlier, uh, um, KFLK, we're sponsoring this under KFLK, so it's not under just one church, that uh, several churches will be represented underneath KFLK. Um, and so that that's the one nice thing, too, is that many hands make light work. But then that also represents several churches within the area that we have many different folks that can come and disciple. For those who do give their life to Christ, who come uh, that night, we will have plenty of people to help disciple, to, to give them direction, give them a church home. Because as you mentioned in your story about Robert, yeah. that he knew that he was not going to be successful in life. He knew he would go back to his own ways if he didn't have a church home, if he didn't have a church body. And you look at how God answered that prayer. And so I just like how uh, here in Minot we have that ability. And we're going to continue to do that with KFLK under that same model. When it'll be, we're looking at in March, we'll hold the parables. Mm -hmm. And then in August, we'll hold Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames for the next three years. We'll be doing that. So. Uh, for those listeners who want to get involved but may not be able to do it this year because of scheduling conflicts, um, look for March. And then also you can plan March and August. 
right? If you want to book your vacations around that time to come hang with us uh, as we do the production, I'm looking forward to it. My, myself and Jana are going to be heavily involved in it, both from the backside of, of the promotion side of it, as well as involved in the production itself on August 28th, 29th, and 30th. So Jana, since you're the our, our uh, social media guru, yeah. where can people find out information? So, okay, we're gonna have lots of different um, avenues for information. We'll have, there's a Facebook page, it's Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, Minot, and you'll start seeing more and more things popping up on there as we get closer to the event. But there'll also be a couple little snippets of video so you can kind of get an idea of what it'll be like. Also, you can check out, there'll be information on Instagram for Calvary Chapel Minot, and then 95.9 KFLK Minot. You can find information on Instagram and on Facebook through our pages as well. All right. Wonderful. So there's going to be a plethora of information yes. out there. We're going to do videos. We're going to do. And also you can even if, if you have questions about reality outreach ministries and what does it look like? Uh, you can visit their website at realityoutreach.org. And I know there's several videos. There's yeah. about there's, the, uh, you know, an about page. There's tons of information. You can find out more about Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Brandon, yep. is there anything else you'd like to add? You know, if, if there was anything that I'd want people to remember from this interview and, and things like that, uh, it's number one, I, I hope that you've programmed those dates in your phone already. I think I kinda, I think we've mentioned those dates now about five times, and I yeah. know that when this thing ends, some people will still go, when is that thing again, <laughs> right? Yeah. So take this moment to jot it down, program it in your phone for seven o'clock on the um, uh, 28th, 29th, and 30th of August. That's a Sunday night, a Monday night, and a Tuesday night. If you put it in your phone now, it's gonna pop up a reminder for you. And then you can also take that moment to put down the parables coming here on March 12th, 13th, and 14th. Program that in your phone as well. But if there's anything that I'd like people to remember, it's this, is that I know sometimes there's a tendency that when we hold Christian events that Christian people come to it. I just want you to remember this is really for the unsaved. Yeah. And I hope that all the Christians in town will come to it, but I really want the unsaved to be there. And if we come alone and we just come to the event because it's a Christian event, you've already heard the gospel. You've already received it. And so it's just going to be entertainment for you. But I need you to bring an unsaved person. That's the whole reason we do it. So please do not come alone. Please think of somebody that's in your friends and family that you've always wanted to share the gospel with and you just didn't know how or it's never really gone over. They didn't receive it and bring them to the drama. Say, hey, I'm going to take you to a play tonight. Will you come with me? All right, I'll come with you, right? And, and bring them to the drama. So please do not come alone those nights, but bring somebody with us. Yes, and we, we even have tickets. Now, it's free admission. Remember that. It's free admission. Walk in the door and you're welcome. It doesn't cost you anything. We have tickets, and, and this is if you want to visit KFLK. Um, we're at 4600 North Broadway, um, and you have uh, folks that you want to share these tickets with. You have folks that you want to evangelize to. You've got neighbors, right? And you know an unsafe neighbor. Bring a ticket to them. It gives them something tangible to hold on. It has the dates on. They can stick it on their fridge. Mm -hmm. um, and this way, it helps inspire that. Uh, it, it gives them something tangible so they're going, okay, there's something I'm going to go to. I have a ticket to an event. Odds are they're going to go, even if it's a free admission and they don't really need a ticket to get in. Right. If they're holding a ticket, odds are likely that they, they have a much better chance of showing up. So, uh, so you know, we travel with our kids. And so um, we have five little ones. They're all under the age yeah. of nine. And sometimes they get involved and, and help us out. Sometimes we find that they have been able to help us in very unusual ways. And our kids now, we love having them in the ministry because 
they're starting to learn the importance of evangelism. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to say that until we got involved in it, I, I don't know if I really understood the importance of evangelism, but, but now we're becoming better at it. And so we, I mean, our kids will sometimes put us in the strangest of situations. We've been in lines at the grocery store and, and our kids will literally ask us, hey dad, is that person up there saved? You know, do they know Jesus Christ? And the lady can obviously hear us. We're standing right behind her. But now you have no choice but to ask her the question, right? Like, yeah. hey, are you a religious person, right? They have in hell. What are you thinking? And, and, and you start yeah. to open conversations. So our kids have opened a lot of doors with us. But one time I would remember that we were, my uh, son ended up helping me out during an altar call without me knowing about it. And uh, we were given an invitation and, and people were raising their hands across the audience. And, and this particular day, some people had their heads down and they were eyes closed type thing. But somebody in the audience had raised their hand and it was like I mean absolute silence in the room for a moment as people were making their decision across the room and all of a sudden I hear this little voice I hear dad 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 and I look over and because the lights are bright I look over and on the side there's my son and he's pointing to this man who's got his hand up he says dad this one's deciding this one look over here he's deciding <laughs> and that man just opened his eyes and I still remember he smiled at that little boy that was like pointing at him out of all the people in the audience because he had his eyes closed and his hand raised and so it just uh, I, I end on that idea that uh, I challenge people too with the idea that the Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, all these productions are wonderful tools for evangelism, and we're glad that you do it. But let us not forget that Christ called us all to personal evangelism, too. Yes. And I have found I have been more and more challenged that although people might think that, well, you, you do that on a stage and you've got all these people, you must be good in the evangelism area. I tell you, God has been challenging me lately on personal evangelism. That that is really, I can't be a man that was willing to get up on a microphone in front of hundreds and tell them about Jesus if I'm not willing to do it one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. when no yeah. one's around, there's no microphone. And so we have really put an emphasis on speaking to everybody. And I find, I, I, like Ezekiel, he says, you know, their blood will be on your hands if you don't warn them, like the watchman on the tower. Yes. I find that importance of, of just asking the bold questions. Uh, and, and I find sometimes the best way to open it up is, is just say, how are you doing? Yeah, are, are you a religious person? I, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but it, it really immediately turns the conversation. Because how often have we talked about the weather and we've talked about all sorts of things. We're saying, God, open a door, open a door, open a door. And then that person leaves and we yeah. don't at that door. I found the door and the window is so short that I yeah. just asked the question, are you a religious person? They'll often say, yeah, I'm a religious person. I say, well, what do you think? Heaven, hell? You thinking those? Yeah, I do. Do you think you're going to go there? And next thing you know, they'll just start telling you all what their thoughts are and, and you've got a door. So if you're looking for one, I encourage you, get involved in per personal evangelism. Uh, it was Charles Spurgeon who said that uh, it's our greatest call in Christ and if we don't get comfortable with doing the uncomfortable, then we just have to get used to it, right? Yeah. And, and I butchered his quote because I don't have it exactly in front of me, but his quote inspired me to move forward that it's uncomfortable. I tried to avoid it in the past, but I can no longer avoid it. Yeah. And so I just do what the uncomfortable thing is until it becomes comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'll encourage people in this, that if you think that people aren't scared to evangelize, I tell you, we do evangelism now quite often and it's terrifying. Even now, I've shared the gospel many times, and every time I'm about to go and open my mouth one-on-one -on -one with somebody, it's terrifying. But yeah. sometimes you just do it afraid. Yeah. Sometimes you just do what has to be done, and people think about it like, why do you ride roller coasters? Well, because yeah. you kind of like that feeling of, of being afraid, right? And yet yeah. you'll still do it. Mm -hmm. And yet we're afraid to share the gospel, but that way we, we sometimes shy back and say, well, I was too afraid I didn't do it. Yeah. Why is it we're willing to ride a roller coaster but not share the gospel when both mm -hmm. of them are fear-based 
activity yeah. in some sense, right? So yeah. I, I encourage you that if you are afraid, you're with everybody else. We are all afraid every single time we do it, but it's necessary. And if you don't feel like you can open your mouth and share, what you can do is you can get gospel tracts. And I have found that I've, I've become a man that I try not to leave the house without them. I always have them in my car, in my pocket. Even last night at KFC Restaurant, we had an opportunity to hand out gospel tracts to some people. Oh, wonderful. That, that had just happened. So I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said these words that if um, you may not have the mouth of the eloquent, but you can hand the, have the hand of the diligent. Mm. So oh, if like you that. don't feel like yeah. you can share the gospel that way, you can always have a gospel track on you. And after a while, that's what I started doing. Make sure that, hey, how are you? Hey, did you get one of these? And yeah. what is it? Well, it's a gospel track, right? And yeah. just hand it to them. Worst thing to do is say, no, thank you. Yeah. But I found I got the gospel out that way. And over time, it developed into where I felt more comfortable to talk longer with them. Yeah. You know, but... They always say gospel tracks give you a getaway time. You know, you can hand it to them. If it's a good one, it's got something funny on the front, something like that, then you yeah. got a little getaway time. Give it to them and get out of there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so one way or another, you yeah. can get your gospel out. Yeah. You know, but it's all about being faithful to the Lord and not being scared, having more fear of God than fear of man. Yeah. Bible says the fear of man brings a snare. And isn't that true? Every time I'm afraid of man in something, I have tripped myself up not sharing the gospel because I was afraid and everything, the fear of man does bring a snare to us at all times. So yeah. sometimes we need to be more afraid of God than man. And, and I'm mm. God teach me to be more afraid of you than man. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for your time. Yes, really please. enjoy this conversation with you. Um, thank you for visiting us on, on missions corner. Um, again, heaven's gates, hell's flames. We're going to be uh, that production will happen on August 28th, 29th, and 30th at 7 p.m. at the Sleep In and Suites Conference Center located at the Dakota Square Mall. It's a free event. Bring an unsaved person. Bring two. Bring as many as you can. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Missions Corner. This concludes our discussion with Brandon Culver of Reality Outreach Ministries. If you would like to be a part of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames in Minot on August 28th, 29th, and 30th, come to the Sleep In and Suites Conference Center at the Dakota Square Mall, Friday, August 26th at 7 p.m. We hope you enjoyed this episode and pray you'll join us on the next broadcast of Missions Corner. At Missions Corner, we pray that this episode has fueled your passion to fully live the life Jesus has called you to. As the Apostle Paul reminds us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus saved us for a reason. He gave us a purpose. That purpose is to win people to Christ, disciple them in Christ, and send them out for Christ. You can listen to this podcast on demand for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Overcast, or visit missionscorner.com. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord has greatly blessed you.